Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Before the episode begins, we just wanted to let you know about The Athletic's Black Friday deal. Starting Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern, The Athletic's great writing is just a dollar a month for 12 months. Go to theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys to lock in our very best price of the year. Just a dollar a month for new subscribers. That's theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. Tough to get in a rhythm, uh, throwing the ball, running the ball. Uh, neither are working for us early or um, really any, any, any point of the night, um, but especially when you have a great opportunity to come out and play against a team that's been in the Super Bowl the last two years uh, and really prove it to ourselves, prove it to one another that what we're capable of. And um, sure, we've we got to put it past us. We, we know the stretch ahead, so um, there's a lot that we can learn from tonight, and this resilient team is going to continue to fight and get better. I can promise you that. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah. How about them Cowboys indeed? All right, it was the game of the year on paper. It was not the game of the year on the field. Dallas losing 19-9 in Kansas City. Just couldn't get the offense going. We didn't have Amari for this one, but they couldn't get it going pretty much anywhere else. Why'd they lose? How'd they lose? We'll discuss it all on this episode of About Them Cowboys. Welcome in. I'm Kent. Producing, welcoming in three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We're welcoming back to the show. He's off the Stars beat for tonight. Saad Youssef has Cowboys thoughts. Of course, Kevin KT Turner from Sports and Such always has Cowboys thoughts. And the man who is at the game is Father John Mishota on the ground at Arrowhead, live with us right now. Take it away, KT. All right, uh, John, let's uh, get right to it. I mean, obviously... uh... This is a, another indication that predictions are dumb because no one saw 19 to 9 happening. Uh, you know, I, I want to go to something real quick and we can talk about a million things, but one thing that's on my mind that's cooking, you know, you find out that Tyron is not playing. And I thought that made the move, uh, the Connor McGovern move to left guard, a little more curious because Connor Williams, his penalties, no one's going to argue that they had been killing the team, but he had been one of the best, you know, guards in the league as a pass protector. If you want to look at certain metrics, uh, there's an article on The Athletic the other day about that too, where he was one of the top five or six guards in the league in pass protection. To me, if you're going to make that move, I have two issues with that move being made. One, don't do it on the road in Arrowhead, the world's most difficult place to play. And two, don't do it if there's a chance that Tyron Smith's not going to play. Okay, I, I don't hate that. I just will say that I think they made that decision independently. Uh, it wasn't something that was going to come down to the game time. I think that that this has been building for several weeks to where mm-hmm. they were like, all right, Connor, if this doesn't get cl- Connor Williams. I should say, I guess I got to specify in this um, Connor Williams. If, if you don't get this cleaned up, we got to go in another direction. You know, I mean, he's leading the league in penalties uh, and I believe 10 of them were holding. Uh, so I don't think that the two were, something that they were going to decide together. I think that they were going to decide them separately. And so I think that that's something that you have to factor in uh, with there. And then to your point about the predictions, I was thinking about that this morning. It's not even about the score. 
It's just the fact of even thinking it was going to be a good game. How often we predict stuff like this in sports, not just football, most sports, and it ends up being the exact opposite of what you thought. I mean, let's just forget high scoring like we were expecting. The idea that Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes neither would throw a touchdown pass blows my mind. It's pretty insane. I mean, I, I remember a few times uh, this week on the year on my radio show, it's, it's like, it's going to be the game of the year. And I'm like, no, it actually wasn't. It was just, it was bad. It was actually a, a bad game, really. Um, I, I I know that there's a, there's a lot of, of things that we can get to. You know, one thing, I, I look at what happened. I didn't think Dak was good at all. But, you know, I think, once again, this is something where the Chiefs defense had not been talked about a lot. The Chiefs defense did not start the year off very well. But their go-to move is to blitz quite a bit. And Dak did not play well against the blitz. He did not handle the blitz very well. And there's just something about Amari Cooper that is such a safety net for Dak at all times. And you can do the the split screen graphic of him with Cooper and without Cooper and all that stuff. But man, it, it is just such a such a difficult mountain to climb. If you're not going to have Tyron, you're not going to have an Amari Cooper. Yeah, and, and I think one of those things is with Amari, it's his it's his route running. And you know, I said this before, like it's it's the matchup. It's not necessarily how skilled because Ceedee Lamb is skilled, Michael Gallup is skilled, but it's uh, it's the safety net of the route running and knowing the precision of you know where this guy is going to be exactly. I mean, I think that's something that you really miss especially when they're playing man, man-on-man coverage and Amari's able to break out of that, I think that's something Dak really missed. I mean, you see this with quarterbacks all over the league all the time. I mean, you know, you go back to, like, the heyday of, like, the early 2000s and, and you know, with Tom Brady and, like, his favorite target was Deion Branch. And it's like, who's Deion Branch in the, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things in the league? He's a nobody. But, you know, once you have that rapport and the route running and, you know how to match up with those guys. It just matters a lot more to a quarterback than I think sometimes we like to think. Yeah, and I want to say also, as bad as the offensive line was, you also got to give props to just how good Chris Jones was. Like, Chris Jones yeah. was going to work on Zach Martin. Chris Jones was going to work against Lael Collins. He had three and a half sacks. Like, sometimes, you know, they're just better than you, and especially on this particular day, playing at home. Obviously, this defense in Kansas City was was revved up for this contest. There's just no question uh, about that at all. Uh, that that's that's a major factor in this. But when you mentioned that Amari Cooper not playing in this game, now of course they could go. I, I expect a big bounce back for them against the Raiders. I agree with you, KT, that Dak didn't play well in this game. And, and generally speaking, throughout his career, he usually plays pretty really well after having poor performances. But as much as we sat there when Dak's Dak's contract was being talked about in the offseason, it was all that talk about look at how bad they were without him. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of talk about that in the offseason when we look back at, you know, when they when we talk about Michael Gallup's contract and and if they should sign him or move on from Amari. This game's gonna be brought up a ton because it just shows you it's 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 one part of the offense, but it's a significant part not having him out there. Not even it's not even just even his targets, his catches, his plays. It's just the fact of that what he causes the defense to have to do to adjust to him. And that was clearly missing today. I mean I, I, early on, Dak didn't look accurate going deep. You know, that yeah. the very first pass to Michael Gallup was there, you know, uh, the DB falls. I think it was Ward uh, falls down. I mean, that could have mm-hmm. been a huge play right there. And the ball sails out of bounds. I mean, I think he got into a rhythm a little bit more uh, as the game went on, but it just wasn't enough. And I just, I never would have expected them, the defense to play this well. And then the offense, not to have any answers for it at all. Like it was when you're watching this game, especially in the fourth quarter, 
you're like, all right, if the defense comes up on another stop here, the offense eventually is going to do something. And you just kept waiting and kept waiting and kept waiting to the point where I sit here now and I'm like, they could have played three more quarters and I don't think they would have scored a touchdown. Well, you know, and, and I thought Dak was always uncomfortable for a good portion of today's game. And that's where I do, again, want to give the Chiefs credit. Like you said, Chris Jones for sure should get credit. But, you know, uh, Spagnola called a, a great uh, a game as well. There's a lot of, of blitzing. Dak was not good against the blitz and didn't have a lot of time, it didn't seem, uh, against the blitz. But this is where also I want to see a couple things improve with Dak that we've talked about for a long time. You can't drop the ball. I mean, that fumble early on, how many times did this happen? This happens a lot with Dak and continues to happen right here. It hadn't happened in a while, but it happened today. Now, quarterbacks are going to fumble when they get sacked. That happens every once in a while. But that's something that has been prevalent with him throughout his career. And also there were times where I wanted him to like maybe step up a little bit and, and run a little bit. And I know we talk about not wanting Dak to run and getting hurt, but there were a few times today where I thought he had a little bit of room where he could have taken off and got five or six yards and then gotten down and, you know, kept, kept things going instead of taking a sack. Um, and I look, you be, I'm rarely critical of Dak, but I do think that's something we're just watching it live and you can go watch the tape later, I guess. And, and that might clear up some things, but I did think there were a few things there in the pocket where Dak was never comfortable, and you know you hate to see that. Yeah, I, I, I think. Go ahead, go ahead, Seth. Well, I, I I think that you know you kind of saw that from Patrick Mahomes as well, right? And and yeah, and, and so like you know when you talk about especially taking the yards that are right in front of you, um, sometimes when these quarterbacks they have the ability to make plays with their legs, but they're just kind of looking, they're waiting for that last second, and by the time. By the time you actually everything closes out downfield, I think at that time is kind of when it's too late to make that. There, there was the one play where Patrick Mahomes was just rolling to the left, left, and he just kept going, kept going. Literally, just ran out of real estate and had to take like a three-yard gain. If he tucks and runs that, and I think you're, I think you're right, KT. I think Dak can do that a lot more. I just think sometimes uh, it, it, it's more conditioned in his brain that hey, I have three, four playmakers down the field. Somebody at some point is going to get open, and then it just doesn't happen. So the reason I think that he wasn't—he normally Dak doesn't do that or hasn't been doing that—is because he believes that if he can just hold on to the ball another second, he can find a C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup for yeah. instead of his five-yard run, it could be a twenty-five-yard gain. It could be—it could be a fifty-yard touchdown. And and obviously with Patrick Mahomes, same thing. Flick of the wrist, and all of a sudden he's got Tyreek Hill for 58 yards, or he's got Travis Kelsey for 35, as opposed to a five-yard gain and getting out of bounds. Like because those quarterbacks trust their playmakers so much, I think that's why you see them tend to do that. The problem was with today, you didn't have Amari for for Dak. The problem was you didn't have Amari, and then obviously in the second half you didn't have C.D. Lamb, and then you go into this Raiders game, and it looks like you aren't going to have either of those guys. So that's where you kind of, I don't have an issue with it because. Yeah, Dak didn't play well today. Turned the ball over three times, but this team goes as he goes, and they don't need him getting hurt on like a twelve-yard run, a seven-yard run. It, I'm fine with him, you know, running out of bounds or or just throwing the ball up. Uh, this just keeping him out of harm's way. I can't sit here and come on these podcasts and talk about how sure. he shouldn't be running over the goal line or he shouldn't be playing late in a blowout game, and then say, yeah, you know, he needs to go out and get more yards running the ball. So I mean. Uh, and then one other thing I need to throw this in here because I don't know if we'll get to it, but because we're talking about Dak, this needs to be discussed. So I would say the highlight of all the post-game press conferences was when Dak was asked about being disappointed in Amari by not being fully or not being vaccinated. And 
you know, I've known that Dak was vaccinated, but he hasn't said it on the record. And so this was the first time where he, he, he even said, he goes, he goes, yeah, well, with me being vaccinated, I could, I could get COVID and I could miss two games. So there's no guarantee that if, if Amari was vaccinated or not, that he wouldn't still be missing these games. And he had, he had multiple questions about it. And, and Dak was hardcore defending Amari, you know, talking about how he's his brother. He's going to, he's going to, you know, he's going to support him no matter what. Um, but yeah, no, Dak was, was very adamant that he was not, he was not going to have any second guessing going on by any media members uh, asking him about, you know, that, cause that was kind of a theme after the game is, you know, are you disappointed that Amari uh, isn't vaccinated and now he's out guaranteed for two games regardless. And uh, uh, yeah. I would say Dak, the way Dak handled it, uh, made it very clear. He, he had no time for any second guessing of, of Amari Cooper after the game. That's fine. And, and you should like get your teammates back and all that stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Amari would probably be eligible to play on Thursday. So, you know, talk to me. on talk. Well, well I guess I'm, I'm kind of uh, – my mode is talk to me Thanksgiving night. <laughs> because, well, like, no, da- like, let's go Dak's beat the Raiders. response to that – no, no, Dak's response to that, KT, is he said, I challenge you to find uh, anybody who has been vaccinated um, and got COVID and was able to play on that short of notice in that game as well. You know what I'm saying? Like if you had to play because they're not – yeah, because it's not a full week. Well, it's ten days. Well, like going back Friday was right. Was Amari seven? Dude, I, I bet I could find it. I mean, right, and and he's and Dak wasn't saying it was interesting because Dak wasn't saying that you're not going to be able to find anybody, but he said he thinks the percentages would be in the favor of like even if you were vaccinated, you probably are missing that game too. He might be right. Because here's the thing too: you also got to remember that this isn't like a uh, suspension and you're healthy coming back. It's also the fact of like, how are you feeling? You're not going to practice all week. And then you're all of a sudden, we're going to throw you out there on Thursday. Like, you know, how, how are you feeling if you had COVID? Are you hundred percent? Are you still kind oh, of yeah. dragging, you know? So that's where I think he was factoring all of that stuff too, where even if he was, then there's a good chance he either wouldn't have been able to play in the game or even if he did, how effective would he have been? I think, you know, Dak didn't say all that. That's what I'm saying. Sorry. Yeah, I know. And, and look, there's a lot of things that go into the why the Cowboys lost this game. Uh, I want to ask one more thing about uh, this offensively, and then I think we should move to the defense for a second. Um, can we talk about CeeDee Lamb? Uh, on the TV broadcast, Pam Oliver called it a – I mean, not Pam Oliver, I'm sorry. Uh, Aaron Andrews called it a head injury, is what the Cowboys officials told her. And you could see him hit his head on the ground, but it was very odd. He was walking into at halftime, and he was just kind of walking slow. Uh, I don't know if they had, we're going to take it to the concussion protocol. Is it a concussion for sure? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's why. I mean, they won't say, they never say it's a concussion for sure, but that's what it is. It's concussion protocol. So that's where he's in right now. And again, like I think if their game was on Sunday, I think there's a decent chance he could be back, but with it being on Thursday, man, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. And then certainly you don't expect him to practice leading up to that game either. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be tough to for him to play in that game on Thursday. Ugh. Just if you go off of what concussion protocol is, you know, yeah. and obviously all of them are different. You know, some guys have worse symptoms than others, but for the fact that he wasn't able to come back in for the second half, I'm, I'm sure that uh, they were pretty concerned about it. So uh, I would think that it's probably unlikely that he plays on Thursday. One thing they're gonna need on Thursday is they're gonna need Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown to catch the football. Then, yeah. Well, and they're going to need Tyron Smith. 
they're going to need Tyron Smith. If we're one other thing on the offense, you know, Tyron went through his normal warm up, which is like, this is a warm up. I'm talking like a good three hours before the game starts. He comes out with Lyle, they stretch and then they work on their pass sets. This is before no one's in uniform or anything. This is just them kind of in their, uh, you know, sweatpants and, and, and sweatshirt type stuff. And I, I was, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, maybe Tyron's going to play. Like maybe that's why he's doing this. You know, even though there was reports, I know Ian Rapport said that it looked like he wasn't going to play. Um, but I, I would say that he's not far. And I would think that that that's probably why they're keeping him out is because they figured there was, a, they didn't want to set back and then he couldn't play against the Raiders, you know? And so yeah. I, I think there's a very good bet that he's out there. And then you throw him out there that gives Dak more, more time, certainly with a guy like Max Crosby, you're going to want to have uh, better protection than you had today. And then I think that gives you a better chance to, to get the ball to some of your playmakers. But, uh, but uh, as good as the chiefs defense was, I just, this, this Cowboys offense, just there's too much talent. And even with those guys for them to not score a touchdown, I agree. It, 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 some of it, 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 obviously the chiefs are better than Denver, but I'm saying some of that Denver game, I was reminded of when I watched this, where it was like, you can't score one touchdown here. This is just not, there's just too much firepower here. I don't care. If, you know, yeah, Zeke was not hundred percent, but with like Pollard and Schultz and uh, you know, we've seen Cedric Wilson make plays and Malik Turner make plays. Uh, and Michael Gallup now is, is healthy two, two weeks away uh, removed. So I don't know, man. And obviously, yeah. as you can tell, uh, nobody walking around here has any respect for the podcast game. Sorry, go on. No, I know. It's, yeah, it's actually yeah. not that big of a deal. I keep walking around, moving to different spots, but you know, no one cares. <laughs> no one respects the about them Cowboys podcast. Continue, sir. Yeah, what's the what else is new? I, I do think real quick on on the Tyron Smith thing. Like in, in recent memory, there are two defensive players that have absolutely dominated the Cowboys. Maybe I'm missing someone, but it's Adrian Claiborne and it's Chris Jones. I, I don't remember. I think in recent memory, those are the two defensive just dominant performances. I don't think it's a coincidence that both came with with Tyron Smith being out. Um, and, and again, Adrian Claiborne a little bit more, I would say, fluky uh, in terms of you know he he's a good player but not great. Chris Jones is an elite player no matter what. I mean, when you what he did to Zach Martin, I've only seen Aaron Donald do to Zach Martin before. Like I've yeah. never seen anyone else do that to him. So I, that's not I'm not discounting Chris Jones, but yeah, I mean. We, we talk a lot about Amari being out, but yeah, Tyron being out was, was really big on this one too. It, it's like the whole, just the cohesion of the entire group. I think that comes into it, especially on the road. I do think the crowd noise makes such a huge difference in those things. I mean, just being on the same page on a snap. I mean, I know everyone's going to talk about Terrence Steele on the one play where he didn't move and the ball was snapped and Frank Clark just drilled him. But like, it is, it is, it, it does matter, you know, having everyone, uh, one big cohesive unit. The thing I'll say, Micah Parsons was freaking amazing. And I think we all need to like, we, we know that that's great. The one guy that I wanted the Cowboys to draft I wanted the Cowboys to draft Rashawn Slater at 13, the offensive tackle. He's now playing for the for the Chargers. He's having a great year. I have, I'm happy to say that. He's the guy I wanted. I think it's very clear right now the Cowboys' number one need next year is offensive tackle, right? John, John you've been saying it on this podcast for years, right? It's time to go ahead and – I don't know if you say it like that, but it's time to not rely on Tyron for a full season. You just know it's not going to work anymore. Offensive tackles, they're clear draft need. I know it's that's not what we're talking about tonight, but no, I agree with you. I mean, and if it is an offensive tackle, it would be defensive end on the other side. Because uh, you look at not having those two yeah. guys today. I mean, just you throw in with Micah's done, and just the fact that how this defense, after giving up two touchdowns and a field goal on Kansas City's first 
uh, three possessions to do what they did the rest of the game. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, and then you have Neville Galmore coming back with Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence on top of this. Like, how good could this defense be if everybody kind of, you, know, you still got to mesh together. You're obviously not going to just come right off of the IR and uh, sure. just hit the ground running. But, man, the upside of what they could potentially be, they've already exceeded what I thought they would be defensively. I I, I mean, this game alone with how bad the offense was playing, it had it had the makings of this being like 31 to 7. Uh, yeah. And just the fact that they kept him in there. And, and like you said, most, most importantly, it was Micah Parsons. He continues to, uh, he continues to exceed expectations. I mean, uh, he could be a full-time edge rusher if you want him to be, he can be a full-time middle linebacker, whatever you want to do with him. Uh, it, it is pretty incredible. Uh, and, and, you know, we talked to him after the game. Of course, he he's not that thrilled about it because they lost. But man, uh, that if there is any bright spot to take away from this uh, disappointing game, it's certainly number 11. By the way, he almost blocked that punt too. In the yeah, game. he did. He, he came real close to blocking that punt too. So it wasn't even just him getting to the quarterback. He almost got to the punter. Yeah, and he's done to some teams a few times this year, you know, kind of what you know Chris Jones did to the Cowboys today. And it's good to have one of those guys. Uh, eight sacks on the year. Obviously, he had two today. Uh, Jaron Curse getting that interception was huge. Obviously, it was a bit of drop pass by Kelsey. It was an underthrown ball by Mahomes. Um, and again, you kind of get those uh, Mahomes wasn't Mahomes today either. Uh, the Mahomes that we know either, but there's curse with that, you know, opportunistic play. And that was huge. And, you know, Cowboys just couldn't cash in. They had many times. I think they were inside the 30 yard line. I think it was five times or maybe it was six times by the end of the game and just couldn't punch it in for, for a touchdown. And that's just not going to work when you're playing the chiefs. You're going to have to score a touchdown. It's and their defense was able to keep it close. You know, the Cowboys it was were, were unable to kind of run the ball and felt like they were kind of playing from behind. And I wonder if their offense would have been better served by sticking with the run a little bit more. Obviously, it, may, it would have made the game go a little bit faster. But you know, it's like once they got behind, even when it was, you know, uh, you know, sixteen to three, it's, it's kind of like they were feeling like, okay, well, it's it's we're, we're too far back, and if the Chiefs score, you're just assuming that. The, I mean, if the Chiefs get the ball, you're just assuming the Chiefs are going to go score. Well, I also think that they got a set number. They're never going to admit this, but I think they have a set number of carries with Zeke right now of how much they want to use him because that right knee is banged up. And he, and and that's what happened on that play in the first half. It, it looks like an ankle, but he said it tweaked his right knee again. Now, he keeps saying yeah. he's fine, but that's the way Zeke is. He's not going to admit that he's dealing with anything. But I think that if he's a, a healthy Zeke, I completely agree with you, and I think that would have been the game, game plan going forward, KT. But I think that they're – that's why you've seen a lot more of Tony Pollard. I think they're trying to manage how many reps that they're going to get with Zeke. And, and, and it just, they can't do that 2016 of where it's like, Hey, if we got to give him 25, 30 times, remember Garrett would talk about that all the time, you know, sure. then we'll do what we got to do. I don't believe that they feel that they can do that with him right now, just because of the wear and tear he has on his body. They shouldn't be doing that with him until the playoffs. I mean, right. That's just, because at the end sense. of the day, at the end of the day, I understand that fans are upset. They wanted to win this game. It would have been a uh, you know a statement win, but at the same time, you look at the standings, and oh God, other yeah. than the Cardinals, everyone has three losses. So it's like with the Packers losing today, it's like you didn't really lose too much ground. So at the same time, like, and you're going to have guys coming back and getting healthy. I understand. Like, I get it that people people are going to be disappointed. Cowboys fans are going to be disappointed that they didn't win this game. Okay, but. I've, I feel like if these two teams were to play again down the road with Demarcus Lawrence, with Randy Gregory, with Tyron Smith, with Amari Cooper, it's hard for me to sit there and think that it wouldn't be a different game. No, no, I'm with you on that. In you look at too, like um, 
somehow Arizona goes two and one with Colt McCoy in at quarterback, you know, to kind of stay ahead of the conference. The Cowboys currently are the three seed. Uh, let's say Tampa Bay beats the Giants on Monday night. Let's assume that that would make Tampa that would make Tampa Bay the three seed. And that would make Dallas the four seed. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Because you brought up Colt McCoy, what are you saying that the, that the Cowboys should put in Cooper Rush today? I'm not saying that at all. Oh, okay, <laughs> just making sure. Sorry. And it was his birthday though, right? I think uh, something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, the thing on, on, uh, on Zeke right there, Zeke, I've got uh, – you know, nine carries, 32 yards. That's a 3.6 yards a carry. Tony Pollard, seven carries, 50 yards, seven yards a carry. Obviously, he had that one 30-yard run, though, that kind of will, will take an average up real quickly. But Zeke, you're right, does look banged up. He does look a little less spry than a little bit earlier in the year. And and I'm already kind of turning towards Thursday. If you're telling me that there's no Amari Cooper and no C.D. Lamb, I, I, don't, I don't feel great. I don't feel great about that game, and, and the Raiders have got plenty of problems. Um, but that is that's that's a problem. Even with even if Tyron plays, this is uh, we need your Michael Gallup go play like a man and get ten catches a game. Put the team on your back type game. That might be what we're looking at on Thursday. And that could be a game where everyone looks at you know the rest of the league is looking at Michael Gallup like all right. Uh, you know, we need it. Let's say you're like a team, like let's say Detroit that needs a receiver. All right, let's see what he's got is the number one guy. Cause that's possibly what we're going to have to pay him in the off season. Let's, you know, this is, this is obviously going to be a huge moment for him because uh, he's going to be asked to do a lot, but you yeah. know what? Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson have to be better too. Yeah. yeah. And also, uh, also look, I mean, we, we've got the whole, like, you know, you talk about the out in Amari's contract and Michael Gallup, obviously being up for a contract. You, we got the full dose of, Amari Cooper in, Michael Gallup out for the first for the first dose of the season. Now it's Michael Gallup's turn. Like Amari Cooper's out, it's Michael Gallup in, and and I think the impact on the offense. We'll see what it is, but um, but it, it's time for Gallup to show out. 
I'm asking this, John, and this is something that it might need research. I'm throwing this out there. Weather wasn't crazy. The wind, it was more of a wind than the weather, you know, today. Do we have a cold weather problem with this team? I'm trying to think of a key signature, like big cold weather winds over the last few years. I think it's more just getting up in big games, and this is something we've talked about a lot on the show. It's just, uh, you know, when the pressure's on, how will this team respond? And um, they hadn't responded to crappy teams this year. They'd responded to pretty well to good teams so far. So this honestly felt like a playoff scenario, you know. And yeah. it's not encouraging the way they responded. Yeah, weather was not a, a factor in this game. I mean, there was there was some wind, but I, not enough yeah. to where you think it would. That's the reason that both these quarterbacks played so poorly. That certainly isn't the case at all. Um, in terms of like winning in, in cold weather, I would say. I certainly know they didn't in, in during Dak's rookie year because of the fact of uh, I, I remember them winning, you know, against Seattle. I mean, uh, sorry, against Pittsburgh. Sorry, again, just people not respecting this podcast game. Um, uh, what else did they win against? They, I remember it was so, Cole uh, in Pittsburgh, and there was one other one. There's Green not many that jump out, though, right? Yeah, I mean, they haven't played a lot of games in cold weather, though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, 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 and really the only one that they would have in the playoffs would be Green Bay. Yeah, I'm pulling down Dak's uh, whole like yeah, game log, and you're right. There's really not, not enough examples. I mean, you have the Week 17 in 2017 at Philadelphia, and uh, that's the game where his arm was kind of hurt, right? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, that, no, was, that, that, was, that was the game where Romo came yeah. in. That was, in, that was uh, technically the 2016 season. Yeah, you're thinking of 2019. Sorry, yeah. 2017, but, that, but even the 2019 Philly game was not because of the weather. Believe me, that was because I never, Dak, Dak I never wasn't right. have thought of Dak as somebody that struggles in cold weather. I've never, it's never crossed and, my and mind. I mean, and, and when you're going that far back, it's just Dak was such a different player. You go back to that game against the Giants his rookie year. I think it was like a 10-7 right. or something yep. like lost. But like again, he's a rookie, and and it's just a, he's just a whole different player at this point. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's been some frigid absolutely. scenarios that he has come up big in that I've, you know, uh, been in a raincoat or whatever and and watched him do it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about the personnel. It's what you said, KT. It's what we said weeks ago is if this team can stay healthy, things will look up. And sure yeah. enough, that's what's biting them. And they ain't the only one dealing with that. I mean, the Rams obviously are starting to have some health issues. Uh, the Robert Woods thing jumps out, but they're not a deep team at all. Green Bay lost another offensive lineman today, probably for the season. They're they're having issues, and again, Arizona's keeping their head above water without Kyler. Um, we'll see what's going on with Tampa Bay as they play the Giants on Monday night. But you know, for the Cowboys, they need to go reel a couple off with the uh, Raiders on th- uh, Thursday, and then you know, week after that, it is uh, the Saints. So three games in twelve days. Uh, John, any closing thoughts live from Arrowhead Stadium? Yeah, I, I just got the feeling especially from you know McCarthy and Dak after the game they really were trying to hammer home that their expectations haven't changed you know obviously coming off this loss there's gonna be a lot of disappointed fans a lot of dis- disappointed people outside the locker room but in the locker room the message is that nothing's changed with them and and that should be the message I mean frankly they they played awful in this game but it's also you have to factor in that they are getting C.D. Lamb back they're getting Mark Cooper back they're getting Tyron Smith back they're getting Demarcus Lawrence back they're getting Randy Gregory back you'd be foolish to think like Oh man, did you see that game in Kansas City? Yeah, they're not for real. 
yeah, just, that's weird. This is just another saint. This is the same old Cowboys. Like, now nah, that would be, that would be foolish. That this is just the way the NFL is right now. This is a great league of parody. Uh, you shouldn't be making any broad broad uh, thoughts off of just one performance like this. The the problem for me is, and I know it's not even like, like some hardcore long term injury. I well, hopefully, but it's again the Tyron thing. And Tyron's been so good this year when he's healthy. It just makes every Well, today time, was a playoff game. He would have been playing, trust me. He would have been playing, yeah. Yeah, no, that that makes me feel better, too. Yeah, so thank you, John. I'm telling you, like, like okay, so when you see him move around in practice, and I saw him today moving around in the pregame warm-up stuff that he was doing, he looked like a guy that it wasn't like he was. He would have been limited. You know, he would have went out there and played. They're yeah. worried about him going out there too early, similar to playing why they didn't play Dak against Minnesota, because it's there's so much of the season left to, left to play. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Absolutely. Don't look now, but the uh, Eagles are surging. Beat the Saints today, and Dallas is really the only good team left on their schedule. So Dallas needs to put it together to avoid some drama in the last couple weeks here. Last weeks of the season, I should say. Or they could just beat them when they play them. Yeah. That's what I mean. If they don't beat them, <laughs> then that's going to suck. Boy, yeah, that's on, that's, on, that's on them. If they can't beat the Eagles, then they don't deserve to be going to any playoffs, and no one should be talking about any Super Bowls if they can't beat the Eagles. They found their formula. It's we need our quarterback to run 15 times, and then uh, from there we're, we're going to be pretty good. He ran all over the Saints today. Washington, um, two wins in a row, too. I'm, I'm just saying the uh, – the competition yeah, I'm worried, I'm, is, I'm more than, is, is working more tough <laughs> than it did like two weeks ago. No, absolutely. It's looking is. a lot rougher down the stretch than it did. Well, this is say. what the NFL does. NFL, everyone lives on their fancy houses out on the coast. And then at the end of the year, everyone's fighting for it in Nebraska. It always comes back to the middle. And that's what's going to happen here. I mean, you have all these guys, these teams that are losing games that kind of at the top of the conference. We saw Tampa Bay have a couple weird losses. And then Green Bay lost to Minnesota today and things like that. And it always kind of ends up back in the middle a little bit. And who can kind of get healthy, stay healthy, start playing well in December, get some flow going and things like that. And, that, you know, one thing you can say about – because I think, I think you will hear a lot about the Connor McGovern decision at left guard. Not that he was the only one, again, that, you know, Chris Jones was picking on. But, like, if, you, if you're making that move, you're making that move because you feel like he's your best guy long term as well, you know, to, to get on a, a get a good – Offensive line um, unit together as one, moving in the right direction, headed towards the playoffs. So they pulled the ripcord at a time that signifies, hey, we think McGovern's probably going to finish the year there, I would imagine. So it's something to kind of keep an eye on, I guess. But that's not the big story. The big story is you lost, and uh, you play again on Thursday, and CeeDee Lamb's got, got a concussion. Well, not officially, right? But CeeDee Lamb's got hurt and probably not playing on Thursday, and there's a, there's a lot to look at. So... Yeah. I mean, there is one encouraging aspect of it. Um, the silver lining is that Amari wasn't there. So if you do meet the Chiefs again, you'll have that extra element that they won't <laughs> they won't have played against. You know, you'll have that that um, secret weapon, so to speak. So oh, Super oh Bowl. I'll give you the, I'll give you hold on, I'll give you the silver lining from today. If, you, if anybody wants a silver lining, it's that this team hasn't over the last decade done much in in terms of acquiring elite elite defensive talent, and they have an elite defensive talent 
in a in Micah Parsons to come into this environment and play the way that he played in this oh, game. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, this is no fluke with him. And, and, and to be honest with you, I don't think he's maxed out either. I think this guy's scratching the surface. And as long as you keep him with a defensive coordinator, that's a willing to be multiple with him and use him a lot of different spots and allow him to just kind of go out there and be a freak. Like he's a special player. And so, yeah. uh, like I said, this team has not had any problems, particularly well, not beyond the last decade of finding offensive talent. It's been defensive talent and they definitely have a guy here that is a game wrecker that opposing offensives quarter opposing offense coordinators have to game plan for every single game for the rest for the rest of this season and and beyond and by the way the more that they have to do that for him there's another defensive playmaker number seven in the back who the more Micah Parsons gets pressure on the quarterback the easier life gets for Trayvon Diggs and and guys back there as well so I think those are really two talents that that are really you know that really have the the I guess potential to really change games for the Cowboys yeah. Hey, one, one quick thing I want to share with you guys. So, so we're walking down to go to like the interview room, which was like a closet. I mean, I, I don't even know that you couldn't barely even fit 20 people in there, but anyway, we're going to walk down there. And so we walk by the chief's locker room and a bunch of their players are walking back from coming off the field. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh, all right, well, I'll stand here. I'll take some pictures or whatever like that. See if anybody comes by like Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and here's Patrick Mahomes walks by. So I take a picture. I post it on Twitter, you know, just write like, Oh, Hey, Patrick Mahomes or something like that. <laughs> I love some Cowboys fan response to me. Hey man, read the room. <laughs> like I'm supposed to, like I'm like I'm supposed to be so upset that the Cowboys lost. Like, what do you think my job is? Like, do you think that I'm I'm just sitting here? Oh my God, I don't even want to write a game story off this because they just lost. Like, yeah, calm Cowboys down. fans can't take it right now. Also, I should probably <laughs> take it easy. All, yeah, and also like you gotta you like that person should probably read the room and, and understand the reference of what that like. I saw your tweet and I know what you're referring to. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think they got, pick, I, I hope Aiden Diggs got to, um, got to meet Patrick Mahomes though. I don't know if he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did we get an update did. on that? Uh, yeah. yeah, nothing, nothing. I mean, that just, this, I just felt like this wasn't a good time to ask those type of questions after yeah, the man, game. Read yeah. the room, read the room, man. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Man. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, did you guys, um, one note for UKT. Yeah. Uh, when the refs like tacked on the face mask penalty, remember that it ended that was up weird. Like, that was a weird thing. I was so curious, like why is McCarthy not livid right now? Like he, oh, he was, was. kind of like, I, I just w- wanted him to be a little more animated in that moment. Like they just kind of added in in you know, I guess who who was it? Sterator on the on the broadcast or somebody. Was saying, uh, yeah. uh, here's Blandino, the issue that they one of those guys that. is like yeah they can't uh, add it on from new york and then oh here it comes from new york <laughs> adding it on after the fact he he was just like kind of took it i was like very surprised well there's also the issue of this is also human beings there's human nature involved here of the fact of if you embarrass an official like that on a call like that and you want to be all out on the field and be demonstrative who's to say that you're not going to get another five calls against you i mean this is a human being that does not want to be embarrassed and i know that that's not right but that stuff factors into that. So you can only take it so far uh, and complain about those things. With that being said, it was the right call. I mean, he had a face yeah. mask. I mean, there's no, oh, it was, there's no but, gray area to it. But the gray area was they, they tacked it on after the fact. That was the, yeah. Yeah. the gray area. Like they saw it, it actually, on, on the big board watched, and they were like, oh, crap. Uh, we, I watched we the Cowboys this. playoff game in 2014 against the Lions where they called pass <laughs> interference and marked a ball off. And, and then all of a sudden we're like, no, the ball goes back here. So, I mean, crazy stuff happens in this league. Yeah, by the way, like they didn't lose because of officiating, but that was definitely a no. DPI on Gallup. It was a DPI on Schultz. 
Um, you know, like the, the, there were some missed. Elaine Vanderesh had one early on. Yeah, oh, Elaine Vanderesh had one early on too. Yeah. So the officiating was a little a little shoddy today. That's every week almost, yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Um, all right. Well, look, John, we're gonna let you go because I know you got to write the game story and all that stuff. Uh, thank you for uh, popping on with us live from Arrowhead Stadium, and we will talk to you again on Thursday after Cowboys Raiders. Well, kind of a short week here, so Cowboys Raiders uh, will be playing. Obviously, that's kind of outside of the big headlining Luke Combs show that you're excited about. I know. That's kind of the big thing for you. So um, that's on Thursday. And we'll talk to you guys uh, after um, Cowboys and uh, Raiders on Thursday on Thanksgiving night. We'll record that thing. So uh, for for, um, Saad Youssef, for Father John Michaud, live at Arrowhead Stadium. They have a sponsor now, but it's still Arrowhead to me and to everyone. And for our producer, Kate Garrison. I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll talk to you on Thanksgiving night. This has been another episode of About the Cowboys.